0: Hear now this reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. Listen now for a word from our Lord. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them, and the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is... To such as these, that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The word of God for the people of God. I know it's only October but I will confess to you that I'm already looking forward to the holidays. One of my favorite traditions is watching one of the movie versions each year of A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens' classic tale of sour and stingy Ebenezer Scrooge who is transformed by the visits of his deceased business partner, Jacob Marley, and the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and yet to come. One of the scenes in that movie that just really gets me every time, you know, really touches my heart, I find it so poignant, actually comes toward the beginning of the film. It's where Jacob Marley comes to visit Scrooge. Now, Marley looks horrible, even for a ghost. And besides that, he's dragging this very long, heavy chain with him that clinks and rattles every time he moves. Scrooge can't believe that he's seeing Marley, and he also can't believe this chain that Marley's dragging around. So he says to Marley, what's up with the chain? And Marley says, well, I'm wearing the chain that I forged in life. I made it myself, link by link and yard by yard of my own free will. And Ebenezer, your chain like this was this long, seven years ago. Ebenezer can't believe it. He says, but Jacob, it was only that you were a good man of business. Business, wails the ghost, business. Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. And I've come to warn you, Ebenezer, before it's too late for you to change your fate. Well, we know how the story turns out. Scrooge discovers that Marley was right. Our business is each other, our greatest investment is in the common good. Ebenezer Scrooge thought that he would create fullness of life, abundant life for himself by investing in material wealth, but as it turns out, it is only by investing in one another that we can truly know abundant life ourselves. Periodically, I receive letters from children's charities asking me to invest in the lives of children by giving to their organization, and I don't find anything unusual about those kinds of pleas. You probably receive the same kinds of letters asking you to invest in the lives of children, and I doubt you raise an eyebrow either. But friends, we have to remember that in Jesus' day, you would never have heard anyone talk about children in that way. In Jesus' day, children were considered non-persons to be ignored. Oh, they'd be worth something someday when they grew up and could take over the family business or otherwise generate income or take care of their parents. Jesus, though, he rejected that. Jesus saw children. He noticed them, and he loved them just as they were, which was unusual for a man at the time and especially for a bachelor. Jesus didn't have any children of his own, and yet he wasn't afraid of babies. He would take them right up in his arms and bless them. And as far as we know, he never asked their parents to take them to the nursery. To the contrary, when the disciples scolded some parents who were trying to bring their children to see Jesus, Jesus was indignant. And he said, let the little children come to me and forbid them not, for to such as these belongs the kingdom of God. Friends, we really cannot overstate the significance of this. Openly, in public, Jesus says that children are beloved, that they have a place in God's kingdom and indeed then a place in his church. By his words, in that moment, Jesus changes the status of children forever, from non-persons to persons of sacred worth. People beloved by God not just because they're gonna produce something later but because they're worthy of love right now as they are so then the church is called to invest in the lives of children not because they're gonna grow up someday not just because they're the future of the church but because they are worthy of love right now they are people of sacred worth. it's not surprising then that one of the first things that the early church did in the Roman world was to care for children who were abandoned by their families. Unfortunately, child abandonment was a common practice in Roman society. A family that just decided they didn't want a child or they felt that they had too many mouths to feed would take a child and drop them off somewhere and just walk away. They even did this with tiny babies. Now, of course, that sounds horrific to us, but Roman society was brutal in so many ways. Thanks be to God, the church saw the evils of child abandonment and had the courage to step up and do something about it. Friends, we still must have the courage to step up and do something about it. Today, of course, there are laws that have been passed prohibiting the kind of child abandonment that the Romans practiced, but other kinds of child abandonment take place in our culture every single day. Across our country, children are abandoned to the most underperforming and underfunded schools. They're abandoned to substandard medical care. They're abandoned to neighborhoods that are riddled with crime and drugs and violence. And then we do studies on these kids to try to understand why they seem to have no values or why they don't graduate from high school or why they have children, why they're children themselves. Friends, in every city in our country, there are places that you and I would be afraid to go. Let's be honest about that. There are places here in Austin that we might feel uncomfortable visiting, especially at night. We wouldn't send our children there. And yet, in every single one of those places, there are children, precious children, who are just trying to grow up. Today is Children's Sabbath. It was first established by the Children's Defense Fund, an organization meant to raise awareness about the plight of children in society. And so today is about the children of our church, about God's love for them, and a reminder to us that we are called to invest in their lives because they're worthy of it. But today is also about children who are not in this church or any church and who probably never will be in any church, children who are being born into families who are ill-equipped to care for them, children who are exposed early to crime and to drugs and have a very small chance of graduating from high school but a significant chance that they may spend part of their lives in prison. It's about these children too that Jesus said, let them come to me and forbid them not for to such as these belongs the kingdom of God. Reverend Ernest Fitzgerald was a pastor in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And one winter night, as it was getting colder and really beginning to turn dark, he was walking through his church campus locking up for the evening, and he went into the sanctuary and couldn't believe what he saw. In the back of the church, there was a little child, a little boy, about two years old, and he was pounding with all his might on the enormous oak doors that opened out onto the sidewalk. And he was crying like his heart would break. He was alone in the space. So Reverend Fitzgerald ran down the center aisle and he scooped up this child and he pushed open the heavy door thinking, that the parents would be right there on the sidewalk. He thought maybe something had happened, like the family had been in the sanctuary, the parents went out the door, the the door somehow shut and trapped the child inside. But there was no one on the sidewalk. Reverend Fitzgerald stepped out and looked both ways, and all he saw were the taillights of a car as it went around the corner and drove away. And that's when it dawned on him that this was no accident. Someone had intentionally left this child in the church. Well, of course, he called 911. He called the authorities. But then he also called some families from the church who came over immediately. And before you knew it, this little boy had a a warm coat and a blanket and a new stuffed animal and a nutritious snack and a group of adults around him doing their best to comfort him to make him feel less afraid. The police came, they they took the information, they took the child into custody. Later that night on the evening news, this child's picture was on every station asking if anyone knew anything about him to call the police immediately. The next day, the child's picture was on the front page of the local newspaper with an article underneath it. And the opening line of that article was this. Last night, someone trusted the church, and the church came through. The church came through. That rings in my ears. Do you feel that way? The church came through. Others might turn away, but the church came through. The church must come through for children, my friends. This is why we, Terrytown United Methodist Church, this is why we invest in the lives of children. This is why we feed children every month by volunteering at the Hope Food Pantry. This is why we partner with Blackshear Elementary School here in Austin. This is why we support Honduras Outreach International and why we partner with Zoe Empower groups out of Rwanda and why we give our financial support to the worldwide United Methodist Churches. Together, we seek to offer wellness programs to children and so much more. We know, friends, as the church, we're called to invest in the lives of children because they are beloved by God. And thus they are worthy of our love, and our time, and our attention, and our help. No matter where they live. No matter what they look like. No matter what their circumstances. Look, friends, I know the world says consume, but God says give. The world says you want to know abundant life, Well, then you need to watch your investment portfolio, own the right stocks, have the right material things around you, reach that magic number in your bank account. But God says, you wanna live abundant life in Christ? Invest in the lives of others. My friends, do you wanna know abundant life? Life in Christ? that is rich in meaning and purpose and joy? Well then, church, come through. Come through. Invest in the lives of others, most especially in the lives of precious children. For to such as these, says Jesus, belongs the kingdom of God. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we give you thanks for children. They are such a special gift from your hand. Lord, we praise you and thank you for their presence in our midst. And we ask, O oh God, that you continue to open our hearts to be generous with them. That we might offer a special dose of grace to our children. That they may continue to grow in love. So they may always remember how much they're loved by you. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.